it's, it's like fun. my evening thing like right before i'm like okay i'm waiting for the edible to kick in and i'll like be going through tiktok but because i'm looking at it under those circumstances i like like almost every video because i'm like ah that's the funniest shit i've ever seen and then like the next day i'll look at all the ones i sent sean you and i'm like that's not even funny. Like, that was a makeup TikTok. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what was I doing? Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we just have a lot of feelings. I'm Jordan. That's Haley. And we have so many feelings that this is actually a two-parter. So we had a wonderful conversation with Katie Heindel, who is an incredible writer for her newsletter, Basketball Feelings. And make sure to follow her on Twitter with an incredible handle at WTEVS. And this episode, we just talk about some feelings. We play a fun game. And part two of this episode drops tomorrow. Um, so a few housekeeping things. Make sure to listen to our last uh, episode on Cinda, the mother of basketball. Um, we dive into the, the woman who started women's basketball, who I didn't even know existed. It's an amazing, amazing story. So make sure you listen to that. Also, rate and review and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, especially this weekend because we have some good things coming up because we're going to Vegas. Woo! So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out anything. Boom. I already took cash out for Vegas. Oh, dang. I'm really That's ready. <laughs> No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Go to Indeed.com slash Spinsters to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Okay. But, um, yeah. What do you uh, got, a milkshake, Harry? Yeah, a little smoothie. Nice. Wow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Sounds thick. I do a bit of a smoothie Thursday. Okay. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. There's so many things tied to days in your <laughs> routine. Fish Friday, is- smoothie Thursday. <laughs> I have snapped well, till Friday Saturday. Fish Friday is just for Lent, right? Or do you always do Fish Friday? You're not even Catholic. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? I was like, that's got to be Lent when you brought that up the other day. It's Fish Friday for the fellas. You know, I'm not religious at all. And I did Lent when I was all through school because everyone in my fucking small town was so religious. And I just did it because I was like, you guys aren't better than me. Like, I could also give up shit. So one year I gave up meat the entire time. Like, not just Fridays. I gave up meat just to prove to That's these a big fucking one. assholes in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah, and the next mm-hmm. year I gave up chocolate. And then the year after that, the trend was like giving up um, trend. TV. Yeah, because it was like, oh, you got to outdo someone. So I gave up meat and everyone was pissed because I didn't tell them until like a couple days in. So then it's like they Damn. didn't do it. And um, <laughs> this is exactly what Lent is for, actually. That's what I'm not religious. That's I'm not. I'm like not even agnostic. I'm like nothing. And so, like this to me was just a competition. If they hadn't been such dicks about it, then I wouldn't have <laughs> felt the need to like make it a competition. Um, okay, that's fair. But I gave up when they were like, "We're giving up TV." I was like, "You have fun with that." Um, <laughs> I also went one time to like a Christian youth conference. A conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was okay. like a oh, lovely. You've been to one of those, Jordan? Of course. Yes. Yeah, they were. My whole was... school was that. All my whole college, Whoa. small Christian college, right here. Surreal um, experience. Mm-hmm. I was in a room of like eight hundred to a thousand people, and everyone was like ch- <laughs> <just> chanting. <laughs> And I didn't know any of the songs. And I was just like, this is like, I think not. Like, I should start saying no to stuff. You know what I mean? That was like a a moment in my life where I was like, just don't stop like doing things (laughs) just because people ask you to. (laughs) Like, this is not good. Um, Yeah. It's a really different like youthful experiences that you both had versus that I had, you know? Did you, um, 
was like religion big in in your town not really in toronto my town <laughs> my <laughs> I, don't, small I town. didn't know you like grew up there i thought yeah yeah um no i think the closest i ever had was when i was a kid i went to like a summer camp and i didn't realize until i got there that it was religious but the only re- religious thing was on every sunday after dinner you just walked out to this rock by the lake and like sat down and then someone would like sing a song, but it was very like mild. And then I still felt very betrayed by my friend who hadn't told me. <laughs> Betrayal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. But no, like, I guess speak- it's just like not as intertwined, right? Like in our kind of in our education. Yes. Or, I mean, like, it was socially. rural Indiana. You had yeah. to, like I was like yeah. literally trying to fit in and like, yeah literally my mom and dad would fucking roast me like they'd be like you're going to church again like and my dad would be like well do you believe like in the stuff they're saying and i was like no and he was like why are you going i don't know it's hard to explain because you're like i don't want to be roasted in the fires of hell (laughs) exactly roasted by my parents or exactly so anyway i always feel like if push comes to shove like that guy owes me one because i went to so much shit you know what i mean because you gave up chocolate yeah i gave up chocolate i fucking gave up meat it's a big one it's a big one yeah i was thinking i was like how did we get here but it was it's because i called called harry um krinsky catholic that's how i got here well and fish friday (laughs) is is where my friend picks up like a tub of smoked salmon and we have bagels like, it's like it's like the, it's like the most jewish oh thing i do in my life it's the closest i get to my own re- jewish religious experience and he's been saying this for months that he's been doing this so i thought that was uh, oh that yeah was because terrible. i always thought those were like tins of like anchovies or something you always bring up like tins of fish because I remember oh, being like, yeah, this is yeah. really niche. Tin fish is super hot right now, actually. Mm-hmm. I'd say it is not that niche. Trendy. There's all these like bespoke brands of tin fish I'm seeing all around. Fishwife. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sponsor yeah. Pod. Yep. <laughs> sponsor <laughs> the pod. Tin yeah. wife. You guys should do a collab. <laughs> collab. Well, do merch with us. Fish tin fish wife. Fish <laughs> My wife. <laughs> you should have slept, wife. man. You should have slept. <laughs> yeah, I should have slept. Um, oh. uh, today we have Katie Heindel on the show with us. <laughs> and we want to do something today called, it's a little game that we made up and has never been played before, called <laughs> Fuck, Mary Kill. Um, with current NBA situations? Yeah, I was going to say situations. That's okay, good. situations. Um, except we're not really literally doing this. Um, should we change it to fun, Mary Kill? No, don't okay. do it. Um, Katie also doesn't Don't like do it for me. Katie, because of her, uh... Deep religion doesn't like to cuss, so for yeah. her, we were going. To, she doesn't even like to say the word "kill." Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are doing "fuck Mary Kill," um, and essentially, Mary represents a an NBA situation that we very much um, love and want to hold close and want to see where it goes, and we're excited about it and want to fully embrace it. Um, fuck represents something that excites us and we are curious about it, but we're not ready to commit perhaps. Um, and kill means something we want to stop, uh, which I <laughs> might have to do that one first because I am, <laughs> I feel, uh, disoriented by how egregious the situation has become. That is my kill. Wow. Should we do any more explaining or is that, did I do it? Did I, I don't know if I said this in the beginning. So if you're listening, I did not sleep last night. <laughs> I, I didn't. put that disclaimer. <laughs> for like for, thir- and I didn't look at my phone for three hours. I was telling this to Harry because I was like, 
this is what happens. Like you look at your phone and then you, the light, you know, and you stay up later and you're like, play the dots game. And you know, like you got to stop doing that. And so I didn't look at my phone, but then like, I couldn't even close my eyes. I was so caffeinated. So I was just laying there like this for like (laughs) hours. And, um, then I started getting on my phone and Elfie got pissed. And so she like, Oh, that has, this has never happened before. Elfie came up to my face and did like a sideways dive on it. Her whole side of her body was on my face. I was like, what are you doing? She's I tell you to go to sleep. For you. Yeah. yeah. Actually, that's a, wow. She's so smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, who wants to go first? Ooh. Well, if you're that fired up, I, I think you should you should go first. You should set it off because all right, I think you need to get it off your chest. Yeah. Um. Should I do kill first? Yes. Okay. Um. All right. So my kill is all talk about Russell Westbrook. Mm. I need it to end. Um. A couple of weeks ago, I needed it to end. Uh, a couple months ago was when I couldn't start telling like what was parody and what was real, like literally what was happening because people would tweet things and maybe you know I'm not at the game and so you miss some of it. And then now it's very clear that none of it is a joke. It's all really happened. Like last night was. <sighs> what is even the word like not humiliating not like secondhand humiliation I just like did it made me like not feel good physically not just even Mm -hmm. like oh I feel bad for him because I do but like physically it it made me feel like kind of sick um what was the first thing I saw oh I, I screenshotted this tweet from um Claire um noted NBA Twitter resident that said Russ just tried to high five Mello and he flatly refused. Oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> like, it's and that, that was the f- <laughs> that was the first thing I was like, let me get on Twitter, see what people are talking about. This is after I called Katie f- for an hour and talked about how I feel like Twitter is just making my brain turn into little negative, like, mm-hmm. you know what. I- firing firing off the negative yeah Yeah. yes um and (laughs) anyway so i got on it and that was the first thing i saw last night was just so brutal even if you're just watching it like normal broadcast um you can't under any circumstances get owned by patrick beverly you just can't and then you can't get owned by the timberwolves i don't care if they've won nine of their 10 last games you can't do that um lost by 20 last I mean, I know. I'm sorry, Jordan, because this is like probably more, much more hurtful for you than it is for me. It's okay. And it's okay. did you see when Cat was guarding him, guarding him in quotes, like 12 feet away? It's really bad. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think all of the talk, because it's not like, it, it's not helping. It's not getting better. And so we're just still, the stats are just still terrible. And I mm-hmm. think Kevin O'Connor tweeted that he's 11% from three since the all-star break like that hurts your soul as a basketball fan as anyone even if you don't like rest at all that is painful to even see that in print <laughs> like it's a print um did he have what he is finishing at the rim I'm just I think curious. it was I think it was low 60s low 60s percent from the rim so Jesus. His his argument was like, why are you even shooting anymore? Like, just Jesus. I know. Well, and Jordan, the- I actually like. I want to yeah. ask you something as like a collective, as like you can speak for the collective of Lakers fans, which I know is kind of a tall order. But my thing with Russ, I'm an. I mean, I'll say it. Noted Russ fan, uh, Russ apologist to the ends of the earth. I'll die on that hill. Happy to do it, but. What? Why is there a surprise? Because to me, when you like hardline to get Russell Westbrook on your team, uh, what is like this like 
I don't know, this kind of like feigned shock and horror mm-hmm. at what is happening. Because like he is probably the most specific player and like type of guy in the NBA that is like so beholden to himself is not going to change. So when you look at like when you when you even make criticisms like, well, you know, he's finishing, he's like finishing all right around the rim. Why is he shooting? Because he's Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So that's what he's going to do. Why? Why are people surprised? Why do like Lakers fans seem um, confused by this? Well, I think it was honestly as a collective. We were split. <laughs> a lot of people were not happy about the rush trade because they didn't think he was going to fit. And on the other side, somehow, I think I was over here, a little delusional that he would change and he would mold into what we're trying to accomplish. But you're so right. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. And that's been his identity for the whole his whole career. Why did we think that because he came home to L.A., it was going to magically, drastically change because I was definitely on the deranged side of like, he's going to be a whole new player. I can't wait to see what rest we get this season. <laughs> and but I think you, yeah, we're getting you got to exactly be a bit that. deranged, yeah. right? To be like, to, to continue to buy in on rest. My derangement always comes from thinking the next team will be where he'll like find his home again, right? And like emulate that thing that he had early in OKC. But I don't, I guess now the the harder reality is like I don't think that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so either. I actually like my love has evolved into something that's um like for him not even about how, him as a player. Um, he is not what he used to be. That's just it, mm-hmm. and he's not what he used to be in terms of what he's capable of as a, as a player, but he is still the same person, um, same mentality. So like, that's where I think this all gets so egregious, but that's also what hurts me because I really like who he is as a player. And that's what drew me to him in the first place. But I also like, I like how he just doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. Like he's, he's not Mm -hmm. kidding a lot of the things I just wish I was more of, like he does not care what people think of him. He does not care if he fails in front of the world, you know, and and maybe it's just that we don't see this side of him, but he genuinely projects this even last night. What an embarrassing night from him. And he said, uh, hang on, I wrote it down. He said, no one on the Timberwolves has done anything in the league to make me care about their trash talk. And it's like, <laughs> that's true. But just for that to roll off of him, like, that mm-hmm. I wish yeah. I had more of that and I like being in a place where I get to like observe that of him and I think the the sad thing for me in addition to the Lakers and their fans and fans outside the Lakers just breaking him um like actively breaking him is uh is that I I know that the end is probably coming and uh if not the end like you know, the NBA end, which is yeah. like, we need to come out up with a word mm-hmm. for like the equivalent of like taking him out to the farm. You know what I mean? Like some euphemism that means <laughs> like you are just gonna end of the road. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're gonna like go on the very end yeah. of the bench in like Dallas yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Like, or you like go to the, you can like send them to the Kings. That could be the, the he equivalent. won't go out like that. He'll yeah, like he ret- he'll he'll retire. He'll he be would like, like against yeah. the door frame. No, I will not go to the Kings. But I I always want to bring this up when we talk about rest because I know we have to talk about feelings and our basketball feelings. Thank you. His wife is a therapist, mm-hmm. and I think we have to give that a little more credit of his mental health and like how he can still go out there and still be himself i'm sure they have some great coping mechanisms i'm sure they talk a lot and he has a lot of sessions and so that is a part of his game that i think even when he was at the highest of his highs at the lowest of the lows he's stayed consistent he hasn't Mm -hmm. been on this roller coaster of emotion that we've seen at least um and i i gotta give credit to nina for that she's probably so cool a lot yeah. Sometimes with rest, what I will say, especially this year with the Lakers, is um, sometimes I do feel like the Lakers franchise uh, and f- fans by extension really want players to be beholden to them, you know, and really just like this is the top. This is like the best place you can be in the league. 
you know? And I think like LeBron exemplified that when he chose to go there. Theoretically, the end of his career, that we'll see what happens. But I think because Russ is not, he's not beholden to that franchise because he's not really beholden to anybody. And I wonder if like the rejection of that maybe irks some people. Mm. Oh, it totally does. And that's why, like to be clear, all of the uh, things that Patrick Beverly and Kat did last night to mess with Russ that's fair game I'm not anti like that those I mean are the that's Patrick that, Beverly too yeah and I Bless enjoy him. it like yeah. good for Carl <laughs> you know some hair mm-hmm. on his chest but like that's basketball they're his competitors like that that's a different situation than being a fan who's watching from home like on a mm-hmm. laptop you know what I mean like where's your tv you can't even afford cable and so come on you know what I mean like I, I'm really <laughs> trying to turn off the cynicism overall because right now like everything's just a lot but part of me feels like the fans pile on so much to Russ specifically not just because he doesn't feel this like I'm gonna bow down like this is the greatest organization ever but also there it's just always about the money like they're like well you're making so much money you know it's like always comes back Mm -hmm. to that as if the fact that you are watching and purchased league pass on your laptop does not directly correlate you know eventually down the road to the amount of money that is set for these players to make I always go back to something that um David Griffin told me which was uh, I forget who I was talking to him about. It was some player um, who had gotten a very large contract. And he was like, that is not something that we typically regret. Like these are the money is set because at that time, this is what your what value your game has. And mm-hmm. uh, so, the I mean, fans just view this thing as I don't want to like police how you can talk about and enjoy basketball. If you want to be a dork, like go be a dork. I don't care. But what I do care is when you overstep and then it's like you're, you have this obsession with humbling him that um, has always been the case with athletes who don't cater to people. Um, So yeah. The contract obsession is like weird. That is a weird to me. I'm not, I'm not, again, I don't want to be judgmental of people's very personal fandoms and the way they experience that. But this like GM emulator like scenario that it seems like every season more and more people are just like getting right into. It's like, why do you care? (laughs) What is a good quote, good slash bad contract, right? As you said, Haley, it's like, these are kind of stamps in time as best as they can be made that are gonna kind of be redundant a month even from then, like good or bad, right? They could be lower value, they could be higher value, it could be a steal, a bargain. It's one, it's gross to talk about people like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and two, it's just like, what a boring way to to like experience the game. Is that your yeah. money? Like, what, why are you being so protective of billionaires? They don't care, they spent the money. Yeah, it's really <laughs> weird. And the, the why does it always and then it always skips like the owners it's these people are the players who are fortunate enough to make enough to become millionaires off of their salaries um they have a limited amount of time to play this game and then it's over for them and they're not going to make that kind of money anymore doing anything unless they're michael jordan you know unless you have like the most popular sneaker brand in basketball so it's so limited like and to be upset at the player for making money that in his or her career gms people at the top of this pretend profession that you're playing on twitter think is worth it because they signed them like what why are you so upset i it just i don't know it confuses me and even when somebody is playing as poorly as he is this sounds so, I don't know. It makes, I, I feel like it's not, I'm not saying anything new, but like you can call someone's game ass without calling them like as a person ass. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aristotle mm-hmm. said that. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. I know that quote from Aristotle. It's a good one. <laughs> anyway, that's my kill. I, I want, I feel bad for Russ. I think people are being annoying and it's making me, yeah, I would be okay if we Upset. just stopped, if everyone just went silent on rest Same. for the rest of the season. Yeah. yeah. That was a good one, Haley. 
I'll go. Okay. Um, so mine also goes with what we should stop talking about, but also stop doing. So I want to kill the take foul. That is my number one thing of when there's a fast break and somebody fouls somebody and they just throw up the hand and they do the take foul. But more importantly, I want to kill the idea of Stan Van Gundy making it his mission (laughs) to say that every single game that he broadcasts and every single take foul that he happens. It's like he's campaigning for it and he has a script ready every single time that there's a take foul. It happens and I'm like, oh God, here's Stan. He's going to say, he's like, you know what? (laughs) I think we should get rid of the take foul in the NBA. It is ruining the game. And instead of seeing somebody do an incredible dunk, we have to sit here and review it to see if it's a clear path foul. It's taking away from the game. And he does this whole spiel every single time. You're so So right. I don't know if, I mean, I do want to take away the take foul, and I'm very passionate about it. But even more so, let's take it away just so we can stop hearing Stan Van Gundy's agenda to take away the take foul. He's not a man who's got a ton of patience, huh? So I think that's probably why he's campaigning very hard for it. A part of me also feels like Stan Van uh, wants to get into politics. So I feel also that maybe that's why he's like, this is the rule of politics. You just repeat yourself uh, over and over about your platforms and the things you feel most strongly about. But I have to admit, I don't get those broadcasts, so I don't get to hear it. So like... It would still be a novelty just because I'm listening to you. I'm like, I feel like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind hearing that. I get fired get, up by standing. Those broadcasts. What do you mean? I mean, uh, I don't like because in Canada, there's two. Uh, there are two broadcast, like major broadcast sports, like companies owned by our two major telecom telecom companies. So they'll they will play the game. So I don't usually get to like he's not my regular commentary mm. guy. You know, I don't usually get to hear. He's on TNT, right? So I what if so, you did yeah. like watch, watch, uh, watch an illegal stream? Or, or TN- no, TNT like <laughs> website. You know what I mean? I don't think I can do that because I think they have a like a geo. What's it called? Like your provider. I, I know so what it's you like. Need you know do. when it's like this is not available in your oh in your area. Yeah, area? You have to get a something like that. Address. Yeah, clearly. This is how my yeah, hackers. Blackout. Yeah, I need to hear Stan yeah, complain. Yeah, she needs to hear Stan complain. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> um, I remember Katie when you wrote about Stan when he was like got on Twitter and he was like so cool and progressive, and then like literally. A month later, he said something like really stupid about 9 Yeah, that's how it goes, though, right? It's like yeah. too much of a good thing. It very quickly like boils over. But I will say that when I did that interview and staying, it's still like one of my most favorite because like he called me and he was like yellow, <laughs> like really flustered, <laughs> just like couldn't wait to get started, like just sounded like he was on the move, you know, and then I had to be like, is this a good time for you, even though you called me? Um, that was great. Did he really say yellow? Yes. Aww. <laughs> I love that. Well, you should say that on the broadcast and not this campaign. Like that's True. his bang. Yellow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey now, that's good. You'd get, you'd get sick of that though too, right? Too much of like too much of anything. You couldn't. Yeah. Yellow would wear out pretty quick. <laughs> it would, um, it would. Yeah, I think that would still take him over Jeff. Because mm. Jeff has gone is like full grump for like the past six years. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Stan is like still sort of not not a grump. Like he is on certain things, and he's going on the on on the like soliloquy on take fouls. But you know, sometimes he in, seems to enjoy the game. So I like that when announcers enjoy the thing that they are <laughs> telling us about. <laughs> They're doing for him too. For Stan, 
you know, he went into broadcasting right after losing his job as the Pelicans coach. And I feel like that's always awkward when he is calling his former team. And I remember mm-hmm. one game they were raving about the new Pelicans coach and he just had to agree <laughs> and just say like, wow, what a great guy. Like what a great coach for these young kids. And it's like, yeah, that was oh, just your job. That's kind that's of That's gotta suck. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of like, no, probably not many people can think of a work equivalent that they, you know, like yeah. that's the Mark suck. Jackson special. Yeah, yes, that sucks. That's what it that is. was actually pretty funny, though, because I don't love Mark Jackson. <laughs> I don't even like him, to be honest. Um, OK, <laughs> Katie, what are you going to kill? Yeah, I'm going to kill. Um, so I have to really be clear that like the person this is about is like the farthest, farthest thing away from who what I'd want to kill. But I hate what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I hate that Jared Allen feels like he has to uh, opt out of surgery to rush back to the Cavs. I hate it so much. I feel like, yeah, I've enjoyed and like been super enthralled by watching that team. They are like in this cool, weird experiment that's like obviously like had been way more strategic than anyone gave them credit for and mm-hmm. has paid off in spades. Uh, I love huge teams. So they're like my perfect gargantuan, but still fun and fast. And like they like really love each other. There's so much chemistry. So I get wanting to lean in on what feels like this is the window. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of that lineup is there's longevity to it. And this doesn't need to be the window. And with a player like Jared Allen, who is like, I think, developed himself as consistently as he has through his entire career, like his short career up to now, but has now found this like very specific, wonderful niche with the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Why are you like putting that in jeopardy, especially with the injury luck that they've had, you know, that team has had this season. So get the inclination to want to be like, well, we're all in on this season. Like, who knows how far we could go in the postseason. But when they've slipped as far as they have in the standings, you know, like, mm-hmm. are you looking at a play-in situation? Like, are you looking at maybe like a first-round exit? To me, the urgency does not stack up against, like, the potential, mm-hmm. like, harm. Like, what if he gets more hurt? Yeah. Like, and what if, like, a surgery then isn't going to fix the thing it fixed initially? Or it's, like, gets way more complicated, right? And, like, he's a really young guy. I just – I. I hate that kind of stuff. I don't think it's worth forfeiting your already short window of a career, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand for him, he's a competitor. Like, he wants to be there for his teammates because they've, like, built such strong chemistry with mm-hmm. one another. And, like, I think they do really want, like, they believe that they would get very far if they got there. But, again, like, that squad has been built to be, like, a competitor almost probably more next season. So, like, yeah. do the surgery. <laughs> and take care of yourself that's so i i yeah that's what i would kill mm-hmm. no that that makes sense i part of me i was thinking about this last night because i was watching um the nets and then when he hit that game winner which was was that the second he's done in a row yeah yeah, yeah. um and i was thinking about that nets team that was so much fun um yes when yeah. we did, i like i didn't even for real know joe Harris. Joe Harris could like shoot that well like I just you know there were all these like fun discoveries like Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie and um I loved that team and I was thinking about them and I was also thinking about like from Dinwiddie's point of view I don't know like do they ever think about what it could have become which is all to say like for this I wonder if some of it as a player overall or just like Jarrett specifically because of his experience um being traded like Mm -hmm. I wonder if he feels like you've got to give it show that you're giving it everything you can give it because otherwise you could be gone like you said Mm -hmm. he got he developed so well in Brooklyn and um people hated to see him go even people who weren't Nets fans because he deserved to be on a winning team. That's how I remember a feeling is like, man, he would be so fun with these guys, mm-hmm. but also like he deserves this. Um, I thought all of those nets did, which obviously you can't keep everyone um, and also get like a bunch of superstars. It's just not how it works. But anyway, I wonder if some of it is fueled by 
Okay, well, um, I was traded after doing wonderfully, so I'm going to uh, opt out of surgery to come back prematurely. Maybe, but like I remember in that trade because he was part of like the big Harden deal, mm-hmm. and it felt like the Cavs had like gotten away with like a train robbery. Like I wrote, I, I wrote about it. I remember like that's what it felt like. I was like, this is the best. He is the best part of that huge yeah. blockbuster trade, and I think the Cavs realized that because they weren't going to land him like in free agency, right? Like mm-hmm. they weren't going to land him over the summer. So I think I do really feel like they recognize what they have in him, and I think like I think and I. I believe, and yeah, I would probably like, I'm like, what would I stake on it? My career, maybe for Jared? <laughs> um, but I would, I would, like, I would say that I would stake, you know, all my wholehearted belief that they want to keep him regardless. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, JB, like, doesn't want Mobley to stay at the five. He's said that, mm-hmm. like, multiple times, even though um, he's doing fine good you know honestly but yeah I you're you're right um and god it's funny thinking about that trade now even from that perspective because it's uh like Harden's gone so yeah yeah (laughs) good job Cav um do let's take a break for um ads and then Harry do you have a kill yes Our next partner has a product I use every morning first thing when I wake up or when my dog wakes me up. It's Athletic Greens, which is essentially a bunch of supplements and probiotics and words that sound made up. They're so healthy like adaptogens, all mixed into one green scoop, which I can mix into water in the morning and carry around with me as I start the day. I started using Athletic Greens because I'm lazy. This is a wonderful endorsement so far. And I didn't want to take a bunch of vitamins in the morning. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash spin. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash spin to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Start hiring right now with the $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com spinsters. Offer valid through March 31st. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash Finsters to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. And Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest. Indeed.com slash Finsters. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My kill is has to do with Jordan Poole. It has Big to do, surprise. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who just had a great game last night. Up, up, it's or, the Warriors are. It's really the doldrums of the Warriors season right now, especially with this maybe ligament situation with Steph. Um, but Poole has obviously been like a huge bright spot. But I and. And I haven't been in this situation as a Warriors fan in a long time where Poole, I'm worried he's going to leave. Like, I, 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 it seems like the the market is going to be bigger than we can pay him, which on the one hand, I love for him. You know, I, I, I want him to make as much money as he possibly can and, you know, all that. But I want, I also want him to stay. So I've decided that my, my, my fuck is the place that if he can't be with me for the rest of our lives, he can be somewhere else, which I will say. But my kill is him ending up like 
on the Kings, like a hundred twenty million dollar four year deal on the Kings, and like he becomes one of these players that is like, uh, you know, good stats, bad team, low efficiency, puts up twenty three a game, but kind of like basketball nerds don't like it. Like I don't, I don't want that for him. I want him unless it's one specific place in the tri state area. But I, I, <laughs> I outside of that. I I I just do not want him on one of those teams where somebody offers him some small market team offers him a really really big contract and he takes it because he's a smart guy but then ends up in a tricky basketball situation. So I either want yeah the Warriors to offer him a big contract, a certain big market team to offer him a big contract, <laughs> or um, that's it. <laughs> those are your only options. Yeah. Harry, we all just talked about our religion, so just say the team you're implying. Sure, I, I, my, my, um, my fuck is is Jordan Poole as a New York Nick. I think it. Okay, it, okay. <laughs> all right, okay. <laughs> now we're talking. It's the only. It is. It is the only kind of ethical non-warrior situation. It, he. He. That's a good a, fit. It, it is. It's also like a horrible fit, right? It's like the perfect Knicks yeah. thing to do to overpay yeah. for a guard who played well in a really specific situation, <laughs> right? And put I immense mean, it, pressure on him. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it's, immediately, it's yeah. perfect. But yeah. um, I think that's what the Knicks need. Like, I think that they're the only way through it is through it, and they just they just need to keep doing Knicks style maneuvers until one works and i can't think of somebody better than jordan Poole. and you know there's a big michigan alumni network in 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 new york i live in new york you know like i i, I you can get him in a fish fish friday right. for the fellas yeah get him a little tin he can come tin to, absolutely can come this to, episode of spencer's brought to you by tin <laughs> um i love this, this yeah good. so so that would be my that would be my fuck it's like I, I i really would love him on the knicks i just could i mean the the even if it happened once every three months him getting like 32 in the garden is the coolest thing <laughs> I can ever imagine. So the uh, Knicks just kind of like rotate these like yeah. complementary pieces that they've positioned to be centerpieces. Mm-hmm. Um, Their next Julius best hopes. there right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. But yeah. <laughs> Tibbs would love Jordan Poole because uh, the like player consensus hardest working guy or most intense guy I guess in the league is Draymond and Draymond always brings up his work ethic I never see a clip on Twitter of Draymond talking about Jordan Poole without him saying something about like the Kim K clip did you guys see that where she's like no one wants to work anymore like literally that's Draymond Green except he's like Jordan Poole does want to work you know what I mean so yeah he I that would be an amazing fit for multiple reasons. But yeah, it'd be much better that he goes to a large market that is performing like a small market that doesn't want to spend money. Um, not that they haven't. That's just the, the outcomes are similar. And isn't going to like burn him out in a, in a year and a half, two years? Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they will love him and then turn on him so fast just as yeah. Nick's fans. <laughs> like we were talking about the delusion it takes to be a Westbrook supporter, but I feel like the ultimate delusion is like the Nick's um what like formula. Totally. <laughs> it just like every like every two seasons being like, No, this is our guy and he's gonna be the one. And they still believe it. it. Like it's for real like- this time. Yeah. That's their religion. <laughs> That and that is their religion, Jordan. When you were like, I was a little bit deluded. You know, I bought into Westbrook, and I was like, this can work. Like that is the extent of it. I think for Lakers fans, I think that maybe the delusion like comes in other forms a little bit. Like maybe, uh, and I'm not saying you. It probably is. Person in the world. But like <laughs> oh you God. know, the the thing that Katie was talking about, where she said uh, this idea that the player should like oh my God, I'm so excited to play here. And like, this is the best place. I don't want to play anywhere else. And like, I love you guys. Love all of your fans. Everyone's so nice to me. Um, And I'm indebted to you. 
maybe that's mm-hmm. like the delusion of Lakers fans. But nobody, the Lakers don't even come close to Knicks fans' delusion on a new player. Mm-hmm. Like a player will come in who they, every blog, every podcast was like, I don't want this player if we draft him like our it's all going in the shitter and then literally the minute like it takes probably like 34 seconds without the mississippi in between and like everyone's like you know what never mind i'm psyched this is our guy you know that's nick's fans so uh jordan you guys are not even close to that appreciate that mm-hmm. i was i used to produce a a, a nick's podcast and we were doing season preview episodes like about Kevin Knox this year. <laughs> <laughs> that is so on brand. Oh, no. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, should I do my, my Mary or my fuck? We can keep with the the fucks because Harry kicked it mm-hmm. off. Yeah, he okay. kicked us off. Um, oh, I have a lot written down about this. Oh right. Oh god, I don't know if I like have the brain capacity to say what I planned on saying last night, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, just know that I am feeling very um, loose. Much. Loose, but also mm-hmm. like feeling like maybe people should just be given some grace because I've mm. been researching for this project where people, reporters specifically, but also fans were horrible to these players. And um, yeah, I'm working on it now. And I just am reading stuff from like 1996 that says like thugs. And uh, I honestly don't even want to get into it because it's like, so much stuff but basically Mm. the way that they're painting players is horrible and uh regrettable completely and avoidable i think i don't think we can place blame we can always absolve blame by saying like that was just back then and that's how people talked which Mm -hmm. is why i say i'm trying to bring that to this subject um to afford a person a real human being a teensy tiny bit of grace um because I don't like the way he's covered. Okay, so who I, what I want to, mm, what I want to have as my fuck entry, yeah, I'm not going to use that as a direct verb, um, is the happy-go-lucky, sometimes unlucky, like last night, Nets and King Kyrie. Okay, let me just present my case. Okay. And then okay. I do want you guys to check me if, if, Here we go. Yeah. Let's if it's, a bad, if it's a bad opinion, yeah. then that's fine. Um, I've watched a lot of bad basketball the last two years. You know what I mean? We all have. Like, there's been really bad basketball. Um, but this isn't about me. Like I said at the top, the essence of the fuck entry is, like, something that's very tempting and full of lust. And to me, that is... Kyrie Irving dropping 60 and KD dropping 43 the game before. Um, what what was that rom-com where they were like, was it Ben Affleck? It's always Ben Affleck. Where Ben Affleck was like, um, I need you to be happy for me to even have a chance to be happy. You guys know what rom-com I'm talking about? Mm. If it's a Ben Affleck rom-com, I feel like that's got to be few years I, ago yeah he cycled am, himself out of those jiggly yeah he really did yeah, he it, went back to like i'm gonna be really grumpy in in cloudy boston we only it's like i'm gonna play myself days. in mm-hmm. every yeah. movie yeah including yeah. gone girl yeah yes yeah. that's very revealing yes did um <laughs> did anna did armis did they break up yeah, he's with Oh, yeah, J-Lo. they did, because J-Lo. J-Lo. Oh, God. Where you been? Show. What? No, <laughs> I love Jordan, rock. me and Jordan talked about this on the show, like, when yeah. this happened. So, um, again, I would like to plead that I didn't sleep last night, and I feel like fair. you guys are... Fair, 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 fair. Sorry. Not yeah. giving grace. We're yeah. giving yeah, grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our so bad. So that line where he's like, I, I'm pretty sure this is a real thing, and I'm not just making it up. I need 
you to be happy for me to even have a chance to be happy. I need KD to be on a fun team that has a chance of winning stuff for me to even have a chance to be happy. Okay? <laughs> um, so that brings me to my next point, which is not me overlooking the bad things that Kyrie has said about the vaccine um, and promoted, but just saying that multiple things can be true at once. I wrote these down because I didn't want to mix my words. Okay, number one of the things that can be true at once. I think Kyrie should have got the vaccine. I think I could take the, I think, off the top front of that sentence. He should have got mm-hmm. the vaccine. The way he talked about it, number two, was irresponsible. Totally. Yes. Um, number three, the way sports writers and media, TV, Stephen A., um, Skip, I'm sure, Colin, I don't even want to imagine, have talked about Kyrie prior to this incident. And then also, well, incident, I'm talking about him deciding to not get vaccinated and then using his platform to, to give to make it seem like it's a bad and dangerous thing. Um, prior to this and then using this prior anger to add it on to um, how they talk about him not wanting to get the vaccine, um, it's always going to be loaded in a really inappropriate way um, because they hate him. And they hated him long before uh he chose to not be vaccinated. They hated him long before the pandemic. They hated him. Um, what do you guys think? Like probably since he left Cleveland, right? Was it the first like instance of of his reputation yeah. going sour? I think he wanted yeah. out, and people are like, "Why would you leave LeBron? Like you're, yeah, you're selfish." That's true. And blah, blah, blah. Okay. Then it got worse in Boston, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and then it got worse. Yeah, and then it progressively got worse, and it's because he is in their eyes and in their words, the most difficult, petulant child. Um, I Googled him just to see what people were saying. And this is uh, from a piece on Yahoo that was published yesterday. Quote, wherever Kyrie Irving looks, he finds people to blame and those willing to exercise meaningful social capital to champion him. There's always a reason, a drawn out story, an explanation. When he went on a two week staycation last season, the Brooklyn Nets supported him. That was not a staycation, like, which is kind of my whole point. And I do think that a lot of this comes from me reading all this old media coverage and just being really upset at the way that people talked about, um, or maybe I should say conflated like two different situations. Mm -hmm. Some things are really bad and other things are not bad. And when you, when you, um, Ignore our collective kind of agreement that we've had since the pandemic that work can be really stressful and like working in this environment is not easy. And uh, so many things have happened in society that we kind of just need to allow people to take a break. Like when you ignore that just because you don't like Kyrie, that's when I have to step into this seat of like, well, you don't step into seats. I just sit in the seat of like defending him. I feel like it's um a lot like Kim K and what's going on right now because I'm not a fan of hers by any means. I think she's done so many things that are so stupid and like irresponsible and harmful and like she just, you know, has co-opted a bunch of stuff. But mm-hmm. when people say that she deserves everything Kanye's doing right now, Okay, so now I have to hate. I have to defend this person who I don't even like, you know, or not mm-hmm. defend, but kind of just like beg for some nuance. Yeah, or for you know what, like I said before, like two things can be true at once. So, yeah, and then there's the New York mandate, which I I genuinely um, I don't think that they have thought through because okay, people in the stands don't have to wear the masks and they don't have to be vaccinated anymore. But to be performing or an artist or a player, you have to be vaccinated. Harry, you can tell me if that's wrong. Well, Um, and only if you're a part of the team, because as Adam Silver said, people from away teams who aren't mm -hmm. vaccinated can still play. So Mm -hmm. only 
if you are a part of the team. That's the craziest part. A lot of people forget that that part. So we don't even know who else is unvaccinated in the NBA because they can still play when they come to Brooklyn and New York. It's only because Kyrie is a part of the organization. That's what makes it a a little more. Yeah, that makes it (laughs) very gray area and blurry. And I think what I'm just asking is like not... It's not like I'm just ready to forget that that Kyrie spewed all the stuff that I hated. And, you know, I was like, why are you doing this? This is like you don't have to do this. You can just not get vaccinated. But some things like when they don't make sense, I don't want to just like go along with it in this like showy Nancy Mm -hmm. Pelosi way where she just says like this thing is bad and like I'm going to do this thing, which like is actually not helpful or like make sense or anything and um who who has more more space more chance of like being six feet away or whatever has more breathing room a person in a crowd of twenty thousand people or a person who's one of ten on a court it's just that it doesn't make sense either say stick to what you were gonna stick to from the beginning which is like hey, we're not doing this. Like, you have to be vaccinated or you you can't be in this arena. Um, mm-hmm. Or get rid of it all because what you're doing does not make sense. And it's not protecting people. Instead, you're just making this weird rule that I don't, I just don't understand. Um, but again, I will say, and you guys can check me on it, I'm not saying that he should not have done the things that he did at the beginning of the season yeah and so if i'm (laughs) yeah i was gonna say so if i'm getting this right like your fuck (laughs) is that the the glimpses that we have seen of Kyrie has been really exciting and great and i think i i heard last night that he only has technically like three more games this season which (laughs) is wild um and it has been really fun to watch him play basketball, but it's hard to kind of separate that from why he is actually only playing three more games. And once we really think about it and put it in context, that part of him spewing things and having a very strong opinion on something that we don't really agree with is hard to separate. Did I get that right? Well, yes. It's basically okay. that, like, my my... My fuck is I love watching the Nets now after they were so disappointing and like like a balloon that was just like you just let go of and you can just see it just constantly (laughs) deflating and has like a really annoying noise the whole time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, when is this going to end? Like, I hate this. And then all of a sudden, they're so, like, you can see it. They like playing together. They're full of life. Um, they're cheering each other on. And it's a it's it's the thing I want for KD. It's uh, what I want for the Nets. And then I felt like I should give a long disclaimer about the things I've been feeling about Kyrie and that situation. Because I can't just blank. I can't just blanketly, you know, mm-hmm. oh, I love the Nets. And, like, I like watching Kyrie score 60 points although guess what i do you know it's just that also like why did you say that about the vaccine Mm -hmm. yeah fuck you know people act like before this i'm not saying the vaccine stuff the lucky thing him stepping on the leprechaun him running out of boston him taking like two weeks off in the middle of like a genuinely extremely stressful time um like those aren't crimes okay Mm -hmm. like he's not those are not crimes he's not criminal like the way that people are talking about him i think is really inappropriate and then the vaccine stuff happened yeah i mean you talk about nuance and i don't think Kyrie uh irving has ever really been a player who's been allowed the kind of nuance that a lot of his like even i'd say like colleagues in stardom have been allowed i think you know when he left the Cavs, it wasn't like he i don't recall that it was because he like forced his way out under like bad circumstances that we've seen other stars do i think he just kind of wanted to carve his own path right and then he Mm -hmm. was seen as like difficult i mean but everybody for the most part is seen as difficult in boston if they're kind of not willing to toe like a very specific team line if they're not marcus smart yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) so 
Yeah, like I was definitely a defender of Kyrie, but I guess, uh, Haley, when you were talking about the more like overarching nuance, I think, of public health and, and you and before that you mentioned kind of the public trust that we have in terms of like our agreements about work and things like that. To me, when Kyrie kind of overstepped the public trust that we have of like public health and the protections that we need to take with one another in terms of like responsibility, uh, that's to me when like it it just went sideways and i mm, that's it, fair it, i think and but i think the you know if you want to talk about nuance the overarching problem with that and like with what ha- what is happening with the vaccine mandates not just in new york i mean just happening in canada too but like certainly all over the states is like when there's everything is regulated at a different level there's no like continuity anywhere right and so as these kind of guards are dropped this is going to fluctuate so much in terms of like what makes sense. Everything just feels like a loophole right now. And I think mm-hmm. um, as Kyrie is someone who like, to me, it feels like, I think what feels bad about it is like, um, and I don't want this to sound like people can't change their minds because people absolutely can, but there's something about what Kyrie, like what's happening now is almost like he was, like trusting for this to happen for like this loophole to eventually happen. And like this decision that he made to abstain would just like, yeah, it was just like, well, eventually it's not going to matter. And like something about that, I guess to me goes back to that idea of like a public trust and and, like response, a sense of responsibility for, for like everyone. Uh, And I feel like he deviated from that. And I guess that just bothers me personally. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it, it, I mean, I it should, it should definitely bother you. I'm and sorry I to shame, I don't want to shame you for your fuck. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. I, I actually think that we're, we're basically saying the same thing because when I was talking about the collective, like, oh God, work sucks right now. Like that was mm-hmm. before the, that was 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like to just ignore that, I think I'm just angry that people who have always kind of dog whistled him are now being like, see like he's bad because yeah. i told you yeah. he's bad yeah. for all these things that, like weren't bad yes. and so that's like my main irritation my second yeah. irritation isn't even um it's what you were saying about there there's inconsistencies and that's like the classic u.s thing um because the states are all under different rules throughout this pandemic but new york like what are you doing if you don't, if you think it's inappropriate that an unvaccinated player is playing, then I support that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then why? Then you're being really contradictory. So either like take a full stance that makes sense, or figure out how to not be so inconsistent because that is frustrating. I th- I think I'm annoyed at them for being. Uh, if you're gonna recant, then like recant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Kind of w- mm-hmm. wishy-washy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. That was a good one. That was a good one. Whew. <laughs> Took me on a journey there, but that yeah. was a- <laughs> Well, you know what? I needed that to was talk a good it one. out, though, because... Yeah, I'm glad you did. It seemed like you needed to, to let that one out. I did because I've... Ha- but it depends on the person, but I've been having different like stances on Kyrie in conversations with different people for the last like two years depending on what their stance is because sometimes I'm like what do you mean you don't care that he Mm -hmm. didn't get vaccinated like he said all of this out loud you know and I I know a lot of people are like well he has no obligation to whatever 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 I'm sorry you can't say the things like he's saying Aaron Rodgers saying you just if you don't want it just don't get it and Mm -hmm. then stop talking um but then in other conversations they're like you know he's da 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 and he's such a bad guy and like he was so bad for boston and i just think that they're not mutually exclusive they're not stepping on a leprechaun not getting the vaccination uh, not the same a leprechaun on a court (laughs) not a real one like yeah Yeah. that's uh it's um oh happy st patrick's day guys (laughs) oh yeah yeah um happy st patrick's day Kyrie. um yes but anyway I, I i don't know do you guys have the same thing with kim kardashian where you're like stop like oh definitely yeah it's well it's weird that I mean? like 
domestic abuse is like being normalized also to me because like they're like Kanye West is an artist. Like this is like this is menace. Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like not. It, yeah. That's what I don't like that. It feels extremely gross and like frankly kind of dangerous to me. Very dangerous. Very gross. extremely dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And all the it. I would probably be the first person to say I'm not a Kim Kardashian fan or the whole Kardashian family. But this is it's it's like what you were explaining, Haley. You kind of go into like mama bear mode. You're like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to protect this person because mm-hmm. this isn't right. And you're just mm-hmm. standing up for what you feel is right. And that is regardless everything else gets pushed to the side because you feel like you're standing up for what's important and with the whole thing with kim kardashian it's like no this is not okay and we need to stop it right now and regardless if you downloaded kanye's album or not or you watched keeping up with the kardashian thing yeah the speaker play the album yeah doesn't matter we have to stick to what what is right and what's important so yeah, it, mama bear mode can be activated in multiple ways. You just made me realize something, Jordan, when you were saying that, because it's more like I'm not protecting. I shouldn't say I'm protecting Kyrie. I think I'm like shielding against like, don't just think you can talk about this person openly the way you yeah. were before, just because you know I'm not happy with him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then also I'm trying to grapple with the fact that I just really like um every time you know when katie's on we get all in our feelings look at us go we're (laughs) we're just spewing them out this feels so great (laughs) they're very therapeutic man it is good it's good well that's our show for today part two drops tomorrow so make sure to come back and hang out with us and also leave us a voicemail tell us what you're feeling because we always want to know Call us at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. And as always, shout out to our producer, Harry Krinsky. Hey, this is Richie. I'm calling from Houston, Texas. Uh, and I want to see the Rockets pick up Jalen Green tomorrow. Uh... Yeah, that's about all I need in my life. Thanks so much.